boy. What if I just did? What if I just held out that like blissful O for as long as I possibly could? I mean, I'm not going to. <laughs> you know, give it a shot. See, see what, see, see what you can. <laughs> you know, if I did do that, I feel like, I feel like I actually would be able to hold it for like a pretty long time, to the point where it would just be like, please stop. <laughs> But speaking of weird noises, um, Gorb, I have. I, wait, is it my? Is it your question or is it my question? Okay, it's definitely my question. It I was able is. to figure that out on my own with <laughs> no help. Um. Uh. Here's your question, Gorb. Okay. Um. What is, uh, th okay, the person who invented the clarinet, does their first name start with either A through P or Q through Z? Oh, God. <laughs> um, You're going to have to take a Google break for that one. I definitely will. I'm going to go with... um. A through P or Q through Z. That's right. I don't think that's exact split of the alphabet either. No, so I'm going to go with A through P because I feel like there's a there's just a better statistical chance with the English <laughs> okay. translation in that realm. All right. You want to play the Google break intro? Google break one. Good old Johan Christoph Denner. He looks like that's the answer. Johan with a J. Yep. Not okay, a Okay, Gorb, that means you get to pick. Who's going first? Who's going second? You know what? I think I'm going to just just throw you right on into this. And I'm oh, going to say uh, you're going to go first on this one. Okay, let's do it. All right. Um, your prompt is to tell me about the greatest aquarium heist in history. Oh, God. Okay. 32.33 on the clock. Here you go. Okay. Um, there was a young girl um, named Lillian Smar Smarbles. Lillian Smarbles. Hmm. And... When she was born, something happened. On the other side of the planet, another girl was born. And what her was name yeah. was Wanana Bahamas. Okay? Okay. Now, what you might not expect is that both of these people that were born... Mm-hmm. We're the same person. Okay? Like, so Lillian and Wanana. Lillian, born in Toronto, Canada. Okay. Wanana, where do you think she was born? Um, you said it was the opposite side of the world. I'm going to say maybe like Australia or the India. Good, I thought her last name was going to trick you. <laughs> Indonesia, okay? Okay, all right. That sounds about right, yeah. Okay, 
So they were both bo- they were both born. Okay, Lord. Now, you might think I made a mistake there, and I was supposed to say they were both born. No. Oh, they were both born. Okay, is that what happened? Both are AI life forms from mm. a different planet. Okay, yeah. now you might think that. AI was created on Earth by Earthlings. Mm-hmm. It was not. Mm-hmm. AI is airborne like a virus, like a cold, okay? Mm. And the Borth, they infiltrate planets mm-hmm. by, you know, basically like spreading into a human. And then whenever that human gets to a computer, they go in that computer through the human. Okay. Okay. Now, when I say they're going through the human, the person they find, basically, the Borth have to infiltrate humans or whatever mm. life form, whatever planet they're infiltrating. Yep. And they just have to shift around until they find someone who they think is like kind of smart enough to figure out how AI works. Okay. Oh, okay. And then they kind of like almost like, what's that? <laughs> what's that? That like, it's not an amoeba. That like bacteria or something that cats give to people. Oh yeah, that was it. The toxoplasmosis. Toxoplasmosis. Okay, yeah. they're like toxoplasmosis. They basically like half influence the person's brain. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, once AI is created, if for non-computer people out there, mm-hmm. they, people don't really know how it works. Once I mean, they know how it works, but it's kind of like a black curtain. You can't go in there and look under the hood. You yeah, know what I, I mean? It works. So. <laughs> Basically, behind the scenes, the Borth are there. Okay. And they basically conglomerate metadata and become thinking beings, but they're able to hide themselves. No one really knows that they're there, especially not humans. So they're they're like viruses. They're they're to use the phrase ghosts in the shell. They're in the machine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take my don't take my role. Nat- it's not Natalie Portman. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Scarlett Johansson. I thought it was Lillian um, Smarbles. Let's get back to her and Wahana. So, speaking Smarbles. Um, the Borth made her exist, okay? Through subtle eliminate, like a st- subtle manipulation of different types of things, they made her mom and dad meet. Mm-hmm. And then, like, fall in love because of, like, different things that they were to match up, okay? Okay. Then, they were, able to, they were able to make, they basically were able to control her exact life, okay? Okay. Through means that would be subtle, but strong, okay? Like, if she was supposed to go in some certain school... Then they would deny her application through an electronic system, or okay. they would make sure that she went into a certain area. Okay. Okay. Both Wanana and Lillian ended up working at zoos. Mm. Okay. Not aquariums. Zoos. Not aquariums. Okay. Not aquariums. Because something you need to know about the Borth is their end goal 
is not world domination. That's not what they want. Okay. What, what do you what... think the Borth want, Gorb? Um, a push towards more Unix-based operating systems? I'm not really sure. <laughs> you got me dry out here. What do they want? <laughs> You're very close. <laughs> they want animals to become smart. They want everything to become smart. Was and then very once, close to what I said? <laughs> once everything... It's so close. You just didn't connect the dots, okay? I just don't get it, because I'm not a Borth, anyway. I know, right? <laughs> Ask a Borth, trust me, they'll run your ear off about it. Yeah. And anyway... More like in a chat room. <laughs> anyway, so what the Borth... They, they have huge egos, okay? So now, it's not good enough to them to, like basically uh, take over humans alone. Mm. They want basically every being that exists in a certain planet to become smart, and then they want to outsmart all of those beings and then take over the planet. Okay. Okay. So are, they are like viruses or bacteria, right? So they're extremely... They are, cool. but they're, they're, like that, they're like that dude named, like, Brett or like uh Josh <laughs> and they need to know they're better than you. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So yeah. they're like very egoic viruses. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So Liliana is working at the zoo when all of a sudden she goes into the rhino exhibit. Okay. She's not like all the way in. And they're also obviously very careful about this kind of thing. So, like, you know, when she goes into the exhibit, the rhino is back in its cage, right? So mm -hmm. she can, like, clean up all the poop and put out its food and, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. That sounds about right. So she's sweeping and cleaning up right outside the rhino's cage. Okay. When all of a sudden she hears, Lillian. And she. <laughs> She's like, um, hello, Lillian. And she turns around and she realizes that like nobody's there. Is it the she's rhino? Like, she's like, who's talking to me? <laughs> and the rhino goes, I'm right fucking here. <laughs> she goes, um, uh, are you talking to me? And the rhino goes, listen. Can you turn down that Carly Rae Jepsen for a second? Listen to what I have to say. She's uh, like, um, I need to go home. She goes, Ryan! <laughs> Ryan! The rhino's talking to me! And Ryan's like, um, what? <laughs> he comes in. He's at the other end of the cage. And Ryan goes, dude, uh, let's just bring you home. And then, then uh, the rhino goes, oh, she's right, sir. Is it moving its, like, rhino mouth when it's talking, or is it, like, it, it all, Like, the way I'm speaking it now is nowhere near as it, as kind of, like, unintelligible and strange as a rhino speaking English is, okay? <laughs> it's really hard to replicate. 
but they but can, they can kind it. of tell what it's saying. Okay. Okay. All right. And Ryan goes, uh, I think I did just hear that rhino speak. And the rhino basically goes, listen, I, I, I like this in, I like this place, but I need to get out of here. And Ryan goes, what are we supposed to do in this situation? Who do we call? <laughs> and Liliana goes, um, I, I think we should go. <laughs> so they both exit the exhibit, okay? And the rhino's like, no, come back! <laughs> and then, come to find out, as they're leaving the exit, or leaving the zoo, um, every exhibit they go by, the animals are all talking to them, okay? Some of them are more intelligible than others. Like the chimpanzees, gorillas are pretty intelligible, okay? And, like, all of, like, the other things, not so much. What about octopus? That's the thing. They go through the the little aquarium part of the zoo. <laughs> and the octopus is not in its tank. Okay? Ryan... And Liliana both know that they just need to get out. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. is there anyone else in the zoo who's noticed this phenomenon? Or at this point, they're they're the members? two people left. They're closing. Ryan's like okay. the zookeeper head, and Liliana's like the one worker left. Where's Wahana? She's over in Indonesia. We'll get to her. Oh, I thought she was also working at the zoo. <laughs> she, she's at. She's working at a different zoo. In Indonesia. Same parent company. <laughs> yes. Now, at this point, the Borth, live on all types of televisions, computers, phones, etc. Almost like an anonymous message type thing. Mm-hmm. Present themselves on the screens. What do they look like? They are basically like, do you know what Mr. Bean looks like? (laughs) Yes. It's like him, but like if you if you made his head into a peanut, but like a shelled peanut, like, no, like a peanut with the shell on it. Like realistically, like not like a Mr. Peanut caricature. No, no. Well, I mean, like the texture is very bony. (laughs) But Mr. Bean <laughs> with a peanut head, okay? Yeah, all right, I can work with that. All right, what do they say? So <laughs> they come on to all the screens. And they're basically like, listen. We have just made all of the beings on your planet deeply intelligent. And we are speaking to you directly, humans. You have seven days to come up with a way to defeat us. We are in your technology. If you cannot, we will kill all of you. And then it blacks out. Are they just doing this for fun? Or like... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They just love to fuck around. (laughs) That's, That's the fourth for you, okay? This is just now, a Tuesday night. Tuesday night. You might be wondering why the Borth would want Liliana and 
Wanana to be born. Why they would want them to be working at zoos. Why they manipulated them into being in those positions. Did they transfer the virus to the animals? No. Well, they did make the animals intelligent, but that's a high frequency type thing. Okay. Like they, they pump out this frequency humans can't hear, and it basically unlocks things in every single being's brain and within the entire vicinity of the planet. Okay. Yeah. The Borth are so egoic that they wanted to give the humans deeply intelligent leaders. Okay. Liliana. And Wanana would become those leaders within the next few days. Okay. So. Seven days. That's but, a pretty pretty steep ramp up time for a global war resistance, but. It's not war, though. They have to figure out a way to basically ri- either get rid of all technology on the planet in seven days and convince everybody to do that. Or they need to come up with a way to basically rid the deep AI networks of the Borth. Okay. Yeah. Now, I would still want more than seven days ramp up, but continue. <laughs> listen, here's what happened. You've got seven octopus, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the octopus falls from the ceiling, okay? And mm. it latches itself over... Um, Ryan's head, okay? Oh, and it, God. <laughs> and it basically it slithers over his mouth and basically speaks into his mouth and that echoes out what it's trying to say. Don't ask oh, me how God, that works. With its creepy beak tongue thing? No. <laughs> Ryan, the second, up, the second this happens, just goes into shock and becomes like a zombie, okay? Yeah. I, okay. I love it. <laughs> The octopus goes, I know I just took over your friend, but listen, we need you. Liliana goes, Ryan, (laughs) is that you? The octopus goes, no, it's not. It's me, Carmflabulous, and I'm your second in command. (laughs) You've got six minutes to uh, to tie this all back. I'm excited. Oh, don't you worry, Carm. (laughs) Okay, and Carm Flavulous, he basically goes, listen, you you don't know this, but you have the ability to speak through all technology on the planet. There's only one other person that's able to do this. She goes, Ryan Octopus, how do you know this? And he goes, um, I was told it by the board while I was being awakened. She goes, what am I supposed to do with that kind of power? And he goes, I don't know. You got to figure that out. And then the octopus slurps into Ryan, controls his body, and runs out of the room. Okay. Oh, and then she yeah. goes, um, how am I supposed to do it? And he's already gone. Yeah, that sounds about right. Now, on the other side of the globe, in Indonesia, pretty much everything I just said happens exactly to Wanata. Okay? Okay, yeah. Instead of Ryan, it was... Bob, Bobbin, okay? And Bobbin, Bobbin was uh, taken over by an octopus at sense, their yeah. tiny little aquarium in Indonesia. The board set this all up, okay? Yep. So and bad. essentially, the one thing 
that they can do is they can open up their phone, click the button, and it already says recording. Okay? Like the uh, the on-off button. Oh, okay. All right. So Liliana clicks the on button. And she says, hello? She hears her voice across every television screen in the entire zoo. She even overheard it from the city because they're close by. And it basically was like a big boom of sound because every single speaker, car, any type of technology you can imagine, she is speaking through. Now, what was the exact prompt, Corp? (laughs) Tell me about the greatest aquarium heist in history. Okay. Four minutes, 20 seconds left. (laughs) So... Liliana freezes. She has no idea what to do. She throws her phone on the ground and smashes it with her foot. Okay? Mm, Yeah. That is where we end Liliana's story. Does she die? She doesn't die. She just does not have the ability to affect all of humanity anymore. She just just doesn't have it in her. She's just... Not cut out. She gave up. Yeah. Back I over mean, to what I, I think what happened with Ryan would have, um, you know. <laughs> now, little, that would break little, most people. Yeah. But for I'm some reason. More than, more than seven days to get over that trauma. But anyway, back to Wanana. <laughs> Wanana somehow is able to cope with that. She, despite the absurdity of her situation, immediately gets on board what she what she thinks she has to do. Okay. Now, here's the thing. She goes into the phone. She clicks the power button. And she says, I know everyone on the entire planet is hearing me right now. Now, you might be thinking that what just happened is a hoax. You might be thinking that the Borth don't really mean what they're going to say. But let it, me tell you. Like 30 minutes. Most of the population, like, who the fuck are the Borth? But anyway, continue. <laughs> let me tell you that would all of the animals in this zoo be talking right now if they didn't mean it? And she shows a video of the entire zoo or of the entire little aquarium inside of where they're at. Okay? Oh, now, when that happens, she shows... Now, there's a little bit of a different difference. Bobbin did not run out of the room. He's whereas just Ryan ran with an octopus room. on his face? So there's an octopus-headed male <laughs> inside of the room. And she goes, would this octopus man be talking to me if the board did not mean what they had to say? Say something, Bobbin Squid. He goes, that's not my name. I'm Carmflabulous Carm- too. <laughs> Uh. And she goes, um, listen, all that I know is that we need to figure out some way to beat these guys, okay? Mm -hmm. And what we have to do, what I think we have to do to outsmart these these AI viruses, they probably want us to throw out all of our technology, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how they're going to take over the planet. Seems but what like I do already know, have, but anyway, continue. <laughs> what I do know 
is that they want to win. Mm. And you know how I always used to beat people who wanted to win against me? And Bob in the octopus goes, what? What did you do, Wanana? And Wanana goes... 50 seconds left. I would scare them. And he goes, how are you going to scare an AI life form? And she goes, listen, if I know anything that will scare anyone out of any space, that is a terrible, terrible playing of a musical instrument. Oh, God, here we go. And at that moment, there was a heist that happened because she went into her boss's room and she took his recorder and she played this. prompt give it to me here we go uh your prompt is what is the worst sound that was ever heard okay that's it all right here we go yeah that's it (laughs) all right 22 30 30 on the clock yep uh what was the worst sound that was ever heard it, it's a complex question. Um, so, you know, in, in scenarios like that, I think it really helps if I, sorry, if I, if I break it down. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta compartmentalize yeah. this. Yeah, maybe like, you know, let's do like sort of a story with a couple of subsections. You know, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Standard practice. You know, I wrote a book on this once. Anyway. Yeah. One of the many Gorb volumes. Oh, you know. Such a you know, alien Hemingway over here. Anyway, is this from the is this from the Sparkle Gorb series? Um, is that the one with the fish and the banana? That's definitely that's definitely the one with the fish and the banana. No, it's not that one. It's a different. Ah, one. <laughs> that one's a classic. Yeah, no, it was a classic. This one is actually from the series that I did all that research on, like carnies in the 1950s on yeah that was oh my god yeah that one's one's got a lot of mystery to it oh so much mystery what was it called again um zorb um the the sig the signal files ah yes okay that's that's what it that's definitely what it was um (laughs) anyway so i'm gonna take you through you know the the best-selling uh is this is this the signal file prequel or is this the signal file volume one god it's been so long since i wrote them um when I think, you live as long as we do you know you kind yeah, of I think it's, so i know i wrote the original the signal files and then i think i did like a like a like you know a hobbit thing so i mean, wrote the like that you know the prequel or something afterwards oh yeah 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 that's regardless i'm gonna i'm gonna take you through the story of the the signal files right 
Okay, yeah, I'm ready. And we know that novel. You know, I'm going to break it down into subplots, but all of this getting to the the worst sound ever ever heard or made. What was the exact prompt? It was both. It was both. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. It all centers around a young guy named Danny Trevor. Right. Danny Trevor. Yeah. And so what you need to know about Danny Trevor from the jump is um, you know, the year's not really relevant to the to the essential theme of the story, but I'm gonna say it's like it's close to the modern era. You know, no smartphones, but we're really close to smartphones. Right? Yeah. And um Danny so like Trevor. 90s? Now, didn't you say it was Carney's in the 1950s? Yeah, but that's where I got like the the you know the uh, in- inspiration, the background research. Yeah, it was a uh, what is it loosely inspired by? Yeah, so let's go with that. <laughs> uh, a reimagining. <laughs> you know, it, it's 2009. That's where it's at. That's the story. It's 2009. Um, okay. Uh, that would be AD. Anyway, um, where are we exactly, Gorb? At this point, when we meet Danny Trevor, we are at a a um a high school cafeteria in belligerent falls idaho okay yep and uh it's a friday you know there's um good day good good solid day especially when you're in high school right yeah um, especially it, in belligerent falls oh my god yeah yeah it's like the best day um <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a friday in belligerent falls <laughs> And so at this cafeteria, we got we got four friends. They're they're juniors in high school. Okay. Um, we got um, scrawny Greg, big Larry, big Harry, and uh, Jonathan, John Boy. Wait, what about the one we just le- learned about? No, that's Danny Trevor. We haven't gotten to him yet. This is oh, okay. Four, four kids, right? He's coming this later. Is, okay. This is the first subsection of the story of the, the what was it called? The okay. Scene? Yeah. Is Danny Trevor involved in all of the subsections? Oh, who do you think was the inspiration? Oh, well. Beside from 1950s carny culture, it's Danny Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only reference in your bibliography. I heard it all from the mouth of, mouth of Danny. Anyway, um, I got a got a speed along subsection one. So we've got yeah. um, Scrawny Greg, Big Harry, Big Larry, and um, John Boy, Jonathan, right? Yeah, they're sitting at the lunch table. It's a Friday. We're in Belligerent Falls, and it's about to pop off. It is apple picking season's over. The carnival's coming to town, right? Oh yeah, uh, and these kids, these four. You know, I wouldn't say they're they're losers, but you know they are definitely not peak of the uh, the on the precipice. Yeah, they're not. They have their their golden years will not be in high school. Let's just say that. So they have not peaked yet. No, like hey guys, this is a scrawny Greg talking, and he's like, "What do we want to do this weekend?" And Big Harry's like, "How about we go to the fucking carnival?" What did you think we were going to do? Shut up, Greg. Anyway, so yeah, they go to the carnival. Skipping over to subsection two. We're going to revisit that one in a bit. Hey, listen, there's only so much you can fit, you know? Yeah, so we're um, this is the start of subsection two. We're at a diner. Um, Before in, the carnival? 
you know, it, it's a different location. <laughs> you know, just hold How on. much time did we skip? We, we're not skipping time. We're just taking a break. You know, it's like one of those. Okay, so this is chapter two. on a different character and then you come back to the first one. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, yep. yeah, yeah, really, real literary with it. Who, who uh, are we with now? So for context, we're in um, really nice falls, Idaho, which is just like south of belligerent falls. It's just like so much nicer there. Um, I mean, it's in the name. It is, yeah. Um, the founders were just much more tolerant, kind people than the. They Their carnival's the not as good, though. Yeah, yeah, no, the carnival is not as good. So we're at a diner called um, Smithy's Diner. Yep. And it's uh, Monica, you know? You yeah. Know, she's um, the carnival's been in town here, not at Belligerent Falls yet. They're going there today. Um, but they've okay. been here for like a couple of days. She's been seeing this guy, you know, named uh, Danny Trevor. Oh. Now, they're saying are they going uh, steady, or are they like just meeting? It's been like four days. Um, okay, so it's a fresh, fresh fling. Yeah, I mean, Danny Trevor. Let's just say he comes in hot and heavy. Um, when you first <laughs> meet him, you're like, "Wow, this guy is really interesting." But High charisma. More than thirty minutes with him, you're like, "Wow, this guy is an insane pathological liar." Um, <laughs> So we're at this diner and Monica's like, why are you going? Why do you, why are you in this carnival? Who are you? Um, yeah. And Danny's like, listen, I can't come to Hawaii. I got an albatross who wants money from me. And she's like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> you, I gave you like $500 and you said you would get me that, uh, the grocery thing. And you, where is it? And he's like, listen, wait what he said wait no no he said listen babe I had to get the rattlesnakes removed from my legs so I could continue my career as a Gravitron operator and she's what if everything he said was true though well, well hold on and she's like Fuck you. And, you know, obviously just leave. Like dips. Yeah, you know. And Danny Trevor, he just pulls out a cigarette, starts smoking in the middle of the diner. And they're like, you can't smoke here. And he's like, that's all right, babe. And they're like, no, you have to leave. And he's like, it's what it do. And <laughs> obviously they escort him out pretty soon afterwards. Yeah. Um, he pays the check. Um, they don't really that look too good. closely at the money he left until later. But, like, the first couple bills are American, and then there's, like, eight pesos from, like, six different Latin American countries and a couple Chinese yuan. But, you know, it's a different, it's a different story. Um, yeah, so I'm going to tidy up section two there. Um, <laughs> okay. He just hopped on the train up to Belligerent Falls. <laughs> All right, so are we back? Are we back with the boys, then? Not yet. We're going to hit one more character. Okay. All right, subsection three. We're now it's it's later on Friday. We're we're jumping around in time and with characters, but we'll get back to those boys. Um, and you know, um, Craig, he's you know the manager of United State Carnivals of Idaho. You know the the company that runs runs this. You know, and they're set yep. up right outside of Belligerent Falls. Us Koi. Yeah, you know, us court, you got it, you know it. Um, 
and uh you know he's going to go check on um danny on the gravitron because yep. on the drive up a lot of the other you know ride operators were a little concerned because um danny they was were hearing things well no they saw things um he kind of loaded <laughs> maybe like three or four bricks of what looked like heavily duct taped white powder that he would occasionally cut open oh god his finger in put it in his mouth and then sniff a little bit and say this is some good shit you want in <laughs> and you know cannot see that no um and so craig's coming to danny and he's like danny like you can't bring drug you can't use the carnival as a way to move meth throughout <laughs> the state and he's like, nah, man, it's not meth. He's like, you're telling me these duck rate packages are not meth. And he's like, nah, it's cement. <laughs> and he's like, it's what? cement? Yeah. Um, and obviously Craig is, you know, doubtful. And Danny's like, listen, <laughs> I was raised on the streets of Tijuana by a pack of stray camels. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And... <laughs> Craig is like, what the? F- how did we even? <laughs> what are you even talking about? And um, Danny's like, go test it out for yourself. So he cuts open a nice piece of a duct tape duct tape package. Um, it looks definitely like you know cocaine. It's cocaine or maybe a little you know. Is it gray? No. Um, but Danny you know, throws some of it in Craig's face, you know, again, already a fireable offense on so many levels here, but some of it does get into Craig's mouth and he's like, okay, first off, this isn't meth or cocaine. Second off, it's not cement either. This is like corn flour. This is cornstarch. Why, Danny, why do you have so much fucking cornstarch? And he was like, I'm moving weight, man. And they're like, what the, f- who the fuck are you, right? All right, so I'm going to go back. Who are you selling cornstarch to? It's like huge, you know, he says there's like a supply and demand issue out in the greater Dakota. And they're like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, what? <laughs> we're, it's not, we're not even leaving Idaho. This is the U.S. United Idaho <laughs> State Carnival. We don't go to Dakota. And he's like, I owe this bird money out in Hawaii. And he's like, what does that even mean? Um, <laughs> all right, now we're gonna get back to those boys. <laughs> uh, subsection. That's where that ends. Yes. Yeah, we're gonna. We, this is just to give you a bit of background on um who Danny Trevor appears to be, right? Yeah. Um. Now we're we're back at the carnival. It's a Friday night, and um, the boys falls. Yeah, the boys. Which you got scrawny Greg. Big Harry, Big Larry, <laughs> and uh, John Boy. Now, so something John Boy, yeah. interesting is, uh, I'm going to say, you know, Scrawny Greg is a bit more adventurous. Maybe he's the leader of the group. We can go with that. Um, <laughs> there's not much you need to know about Big Harry and Big Larry, other than the obvious fact that they're <laughs> quite large. One of them is big and hairy, and one of them is big and Larry. Yeah, you know, they're they're, they're large in terms of height and girth. You know, that's yeah. a key thing to keep in mind. Um, and John Boy's like, he's a real nerd. Let's just go with that. So he's a yeah. really the, you know, like by the books type nerd. Yeah. You know, like he, you know, he like reads encyclopedias for fun, right? Yeah. 
Now, I don't know if you've already sort of uh, guessed it, but when this uh, very fact-driven young man encounters a completely insane pathological liar with complete confidence, there's going to be a bit of friction. Um, something's, something's bound to happen. I'm just going to lay out the foreshadowing for you right there. So the kids go to the carnival. They're lining up to go on the Gravitron. And uh, Danny Trevor, you know, he's at the helm. And obviously somebody just got off before them. And she was saying, like, oh, I feel like it was shaking a little bit too much. And yeah. he's like, hmm, let me take a look. And he oh, sort God. of, you know, turns it off. He goes up underneath of it in full view of the line. Um, motions as if he's taking off glasses. He doesn't wear glasses. <laughs> he just wears a baseball cap turned backwards and a bandana. And that's it. Um <laughs> Underneath the Gravitron, he pulls out a cigarette, lights it, takes one puff, puts it out on the ground, says, it's got worms. And then like, what does that mean? Wait, what? And it's like, we got to shut her down. She got worms. Who heard him say that? Everybody. He put it on the radio over the entire park. <laughs> um, yeah, so apparently, you know, the kids are upset. The Gravitron's got worms, you know. John John Boy's like, can that happen? I'm pretty sure that can't happen. Um, and you know, so that you know, John Boy's feeling pretty cocky, and Scrawny Greg really wants to ride the Gravitron. Same with Larry and Harry. You know, it makes them feel not as big. I got, I don't know. They're weird like that. It, it relieve it relieves them of their. I mean, they feel weightless. Yeah, they have quite a lot of gravity on them right now, so they want to like <laughs> loosen it. It's a big deal for them when this thing comes to town. Yeah, I mean, why else would? I mean, like that's what they've been looking for. Yeah, so they go up to confront Danny Trevor, obviously, as one does, and uh, so you know they're like. John Boy, you take the lead. Like, you're smart and stuff. Like, ask him about what's wrong with Gravitron. And so John Boy does. And he says, excuse me, sir. Um, what exactly is the problem with the machine? And John Boy pulls out a pocket watch. And he says, you see this? And he's like, yeah. He's like, Wait, who that? pulls out the pocket watch? Uh, uh, sorry, Danny Trevor. And shows okay. it to John Boy. He's like, you see who that is on the front? And he's like, yeah, that's a, that's a Abraham Lincoln. And he's like, nah, that's Che Guevara. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he was like, listen, I grew up in Prussia. And they're like, I don't think that's the country anymore. How old are you? <laughs> and he's like, oh, anyway, the Gravitron, you know, I don't have any more tongues, so it's not going to work tonight. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> And, um, yeah, so, you know, the conversation, it's getting a little heated. Okay. You know, praise John. What, what is, what is, what is his tone? Is it just very, like, matter of fact? Or is he getting angry that they are disagreeing with him? Oh, uh, Danny Trevor? Yeah. Oh, it's very matter of fact. As if it's <laughs> totally common knowledge. Like, it, like it, as if, how could they not know it? Not even like he's upset that they don't know. He's just like, oh, you guys should read up about more about how large seafaring birds like to steal money and extort people who visit Hawaii. Like, it's just like, you know. Just you read know, it, okay? It's not upsetting to me that you don't know. I mean, just go read a damn book, right? You know, that's Danny Trevor's approach. 
So is this upsetting to John Boy then? Oh, very much so. Oh, God. So, you know, a bit of an argument ensues. Um, what I got? Four minutes, 20 seconds left? Yeah. Um, John Boy is like, I- I'm pretty sure. How are the Tums? You're talking about the antacid, right? And Danny Trevor is like, yeah, like the, the things that grow on the trees. And he's like, wait, what? We're so far off track and we've just started. But... <laughs> I thought you said it had worms. He's like, dude, everything's got worms nowadays. <laughs> now he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Now, at this point, because now, mind you, Danny Trevor has had his uh, his hand over the button that controls the intercom system over the whole park. This whole conversation. You know, what, okay. I, what I've mentioned. <laughs> so like, everyone has heard it all. Everyone has heard it, and he's also cranked up the volume for some on God knows why reason. It's a completely different button, but it's cranked to the max. So people oh, are God. leaving the carnival. So the manager, Craig, he's coming over again. He's like, uh, Danny? He's like, Yep. He's like, Did you know that your hands on the intercom? And he's like, What's an intercom? He's like, <laughs> You've worked here for three years. It was like, has it been that many moons already? So has he behaved this way for three years then? Yeah, you know, he's just so good on the Gravitron. Anyway. They need him. They do need him. He's he's the Gravitron whisperer. If Danny says it's got worms, it's got worms, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) No. Craig is like, Danny, I think this is the last straw. Um, And, you know, Scaring your coworkers by packing up cornstarch like that, it's just not appropriate. They all thought it was meth, Danny. It was like, oh, no, no, the meth's over there. And he points to a large <laughs> trunk. <laughs> the cornstarch is for my friend out in Kentucky. And they're like, wait, we, we've gone so far off the rails here. Um, Danny, you're fired. And he's like, oh, fuck. <sighs> and he looks genuinely despondent which is interesting um damn i guess i'm never gonna get to pay back that albatross at least not yet and you know john is still here for this and he's like you owe money to a bird like yeah man who doesn't it's 2046 and they're like wait what no it's not and then all of a sudden a very large just god-awful noise erupts. Now, you would think it would come from a machine somewhere nearby or anything like that, but no, it comes from inside of Danny Trevor. Now, this noise is so horrific that everyone at the carnival will forget about this event. They will also forget ever knowing anyone named Danny Trevor. So will the girl at the diner. So will every girl at every diner that Danny Trevor's ever fucked with. <laughs> He's got a type. Yeah, so the noise happens. You know, a black hole rips open in Danny Trevor's chest. Oh, God. And the next thing you know, Danny Trevor's out in a field. Oh. Yep. It's a field. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, here comes a, a traveling caravan what seems to be carnival workers. And uh, from the distance, high above in the sky, Danny Trevor sees a large seafaring bird. 
on this this bird maybe an albatross it says try get better luck next time danny and then it just flies off now the carnival troupe <laughs> opens up and you would think it would be human beings but um it's actually like a large pack of camels all carrying various accordion and string-like instruments they're like hey do you want to join our carnival we need to go to work the gravitron um <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh play us out <laughs>